Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. Today I'm here with Jeff and we are talking to the owners and operators of one of our favorite places on earth, Mulberry Gap Mountain Bike Getaway. So we have on the line with us Andrew and Kate Gates. So thanks for joining us today, guys. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. For sure. So why don't you uh, start out by telling us a little bit about yourselves? Well, the stuff that people normally ask is how Mulberry Gap kind of came to be. So, and it's a not your typical story. And I guess the family dynamics of Mulberry is pretty complicated too. So it's always very intriguing to people. Um, so Andrew and I met in high school when we were 15 and 16. And through that dating relationship is how our parents became friends. So that was kind of the the basis of it all. It kind of just evolved into a mountain bike getaway after a few years of early exploring and trying to figure out what our market and clientele would be. And really, quite frankly, the the mountain bike community kind of just chose us. And and I kind of joke and say that they kind of stuck a fork in us and claimed us as their as their own and helped evolve us into who they are, who we are. And, uh, you know, that's kind of just what makes Mulberry so special. It's not only the family dynamics of the people who own and operate it, but just also that it's community built. And really, you can just kind of see the culture all throughout the property, just throughout the, the little nuances and unique things that are there. So I, to kind of get more into detail about who we are, I won't speak for Andrew, but I'll kind of speak for myself. So yeah, like I said, we met when we were in high school and, and I kind of moved on and went to college at Florida State University and Andrew and my mom and his mom, Jenny, who is the cook, opened the place in 2006. The opening day was January 1st, 2007. So I was in college and then kind of did my thing abroad. I did a study abroad program in Italy and then moved to Chattanooga for a few years. And then when we got engaged is when I came on board and that was in 2013. So Andrew and my mom and Jenny really were the three who were there for the very early years. And I've only recently been there for the past four years or so. So I'll let Andrew chime in here on, on his early year experience there. Uh, early year experience. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting times. <laughs> um, the place kind of had everywhere to go, but <laughs> few people to help it get there. <laughs> so I guess I would be considered the grunt labor that has kind of molded it into what it is. AKA the last American man. Oh, <laughs> so you can find him on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Few, few, few posts on there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's been a really organic growth and, um, our clientele is awesome. They've, they've just, um, kind of supported us through the whole thing we've always made a point to sit down and talk with everybody at dinner and you know ask the mountain bike community what they want and we've tried to accommodate to those things and that's kind of what's made mulberry what it is today it's just that slow growth and the continued support throughout the community so it's been it's been awesome were you guys mountain bikers beforehand were you really into the sport at all or no, we were not, and um, we knew vaguely about the mountain bike trails there, but I didn't get a mountain bike until two years after we opened the place, so it, it started just as a retreat for anyone who wanted to come and stay in the outdoors, and we kind of got mountain bikes and then got hooked, so. 
Very cool. I'll chime in here and say that Andrew, when I met him, was traveling the world and competing internationally in karate. So he has quite the decorated little belt of uh, karate accomplishments, but that was in his previous life. And by the time he was 17, 18, he kind of retired from the sport. It's pretty, pretty bad on your joints. And cycling actually gave his body a little more life, I would say. It kind of let him get back into doing physical things without being in so much pain. So he picked up the sport very easily just because he's a natural athlete. And I believe Mr. Eddie O'Day took him on his first mountain bike ride. Which <laughs> I'm <said>. sorry. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And it was to what, Mountain Town? And... No, we went up to Wendy Gap. Oh, Wendy Gap. Yeah. Oh, nice. So for our, our listeners that don't know, uh, Eddie O'Day is um, a local pro endurance guy here in Atlanta who um, his idea of fun is doing really grueling, terrible rides that last for days. And he does yes. them really fast, too. So it's not like he's just out there, you know, taking his time poking around. He might have been poking around that day. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a rest day for him. Well, the story I heard was Andrew accomplished the ride, but then quickly went into the kitchen for dinner and just like collapsed on the floor. That doesn't get out publicly much. So uh, exaggeration. <laughs> exaggeration. <laughs> so whereas, you know, when I was when I was visiting from college on like weekends and holidays and stuff, Andrew would get me out on the bike from time to time and it was very few and far between. So it it really took me being there full time to kind of pick up the sport a little more seriously. It was hard to stay on top of your fitness to handle the mountains outside of Mulberry Gap when you live in you know, go to school in Florida. You don't have that outside your front door. So it took me a while to kind of get hooked. It's definitely progressed over the last 18 months or so. Right. So for our listeners that don't know, Mulberry Gap is in LAJ, Georgia, which is in northwest corner of the state, kind of. And um, so being from Florida, you know, both your families are from Florida. How did you guys even come across the property in the first place? Had you been looking in that region or were you guys looking all over when you first had this idea? Well, it never started as that idea. That's the tricky thing. <laughs> we, yeah, so we happened to have a few family friends in Vera Beach, Florida, which is where we grew up, that had vacation homes in northwest Georgia and more specifically the LJ Blue Ridge area. So my mom had heard about it. My mom is Diane and she we kind of just took a couple of what few trips over the course of a year or so and kind of explored. Um this was when we were 16, 17 years old and we would just take road trips up to the mountains and kind of go around with a realtor and we were looking for maybe a one to two acre spot with a shack on it where we could come and the families could split it. And Andrew and I were into four wheeling at the time and a lot of off road type stuff in high school. So we were just looking for a place to kind of, kind of get away from the Florida heat and just have something different. So it, it kind of, that's how it started. We have no desire of opening a business, no plans of some ultra mountain bike place in the woods off the beaten path, but it just happened. They were, the realtor took my mom and Jenny when they were here by themselves to a piece of property about two miles down the road on Mulberry trail, which people consistently go to thinking that we're down that road. (laughs) 
yeah, they, they weren't, didn't care for that property, but she's like, well, since we're out this far, let me take you by this place. It's been off the market for about two years. I don't even think it's for sale, you know, but like maybe the, the gate code will work and we can drive you through and just see what it looks like. And sure enough, everything was the same. And it was just a vacation home for a family out of Dalton. And so they drove through it and my mom fell in love with it. And they just kind of had this idea of opening it up to some kind of retreat place for all outdoor enthusiasts. The Most of the cabins were already on site. Most of the structures were already there. Um, they just served different purposes. So, you know, it was kind of easy for the, the daydreaming to begin. And my mom has a, a little bit of a background in hospitality and Jenny helped run a ski lodge in Vermont. So she was kind of familiar with that sort of thing as well. So it, it, the, the seed was planted and they kind of came back to Florida and, and put it in our ears and talked to the, the, my dad and Andrew's family and just kind of put it out there. And we all decided maybe we should just go for it. And that, so, so it began. That's awesome. So as you mentioned, you guys are about to have your 10th anniversary of Mulberry Gap. Yeah. You know, I've been going there pretty much since the beginning. So I, I know, you know, from my personal experience, how much the place has changed over the past decade. But what are some of the biggest changes for you guys? I would have to say hiring employees, which has happened this year. We we brought on our our first employees, so that's been a big deal because we are severely overworked, and and having extra help has been great. And we can only hope to hire a few more in the coming years. Aside from that, biggest biggest changes. You've had a lot of expansion, right? In terms of, I know you've been out there. You, know, you said you were the grunt labor building, building cabins, and there's been some big changes. It seems to just always happen, so <laughs> it's not as big a deal for me, I guess. But yeah, we've changed a lot, and it's just it's been out of necessity, really. Just as the place has grown, we've had to add more cabins, and then change our dining hall situation and uh, add structures as we went. So it's just, we've always tried to take what we've earned and put it back in the property to, to make a better experience for our guests. I don't know. What do you think's the biggest thing for you, babe? Getting up to date with technology <laughs> <laughs> has been a big deal. I mean, for years before I came on board, my mom did all the reservation and booking type stuff and everything was done, which is your standard paper calendar and a pencil and early years it kind of caused for certain overbookings or other little issues and organization was hard so getting a, an up-to-date website that could do online bookings and little stuff like that which to maybe most of the population doesn't sound like a big deal but it was a huge step for us and took months if not years to kind of sort out all of the little nuances of those types of things so that's I've worked a lot on that and we've seen a big change and just the ease and simplicity of certain aspects just by accomplishing that, you know, but it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to keep on top of the website and social media and newsletters and all of that kind of stuff. But it, it makes communication a lot easier in today's age. So it's, it's been a good thing, but yeah, I mean the, the projects on site. Yeah. I don't think Andrew really notices them as much as everybody else, even though he's the one building them just because they seem to never stop. But I mean, we've definitely, you know, like a, the old dining hall and kitchen are, have been converted into cabins and the pole barn that used to have 
pack mules and horses and stuff from the previous owners in them. You know, we've closed all that up and made it a big dining hall, which is the big community center and where everybody kind of hangs out and socializes if they're not around a campfire in a hot tub. So it's definitely a big part of just the community feel and, and or family feel really um, that you that you get when you're there. Right. So how many people can you guys host on a on a weekend? What's kind of your max capacity? Um, if they're overnight guests, we we like to keep it around 50 and that's between cabins and campsites. You know, we do some some full facility type stuff or day of things where it increases. It's beyond that. But at, at the moment where we currently sit with cabin situations, we're, we're at about 50 between cabins and campsites. And we do have some plans in the coming year to add a few more cabins. And so it might increase slightly, but just, just due to the layout of the property and, and parking and staff availability to kind of get everybody what they need without, anyone feeling like they're not being taken care of we that that's a manageable number for us at this time so what uh what's a typical day a work day for you two hmm. <laughs> go <laughs> uh, ahead Andrew. i think it totally depends on guest load it's getting more and more rare that i just have a day kind of by myself to just get knee deep into a project and totally focus on that it's really tough because you'll be building a new cabin or working on a repair and then you know guests need firewood and then you got to cook dinner so it's it's tough it's really the business kind of consumes you in a in a way um you're kind of all over the place so we we jokingly talk to people who are trying to get in touch with us like could be all day that you're going to spend trying to track us down on the property because we kind of bounce around quite a bit but yeah we kind of um i mean we're up at up at seven you see us at breakfast and we're about on the property doing this and that pretty much all day until dinner and then dishes and then hopefully we have some time to hang out and drink a couple beers with you guys yeah (laughs) awesome people constantly joke that they just see us a lot and that's a good thing because it's you're you're constantly dealing with the same people but then they also realize towards the end of the weekend of oh wow okay you guys are here all the time you're never off you know it's it's 12 to 14 hour days consistently on weekends and Weekdays can can quiet down a little bit if we don't have guests on site, but you're usually trying to catch up on things that you can't get done when you're hosting that many people and making sure that shuttles are being taken care of and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of do a little bit of everything, although everyone has their specific titles and and main roles. Basically, if if something needs to be done, you drop what you're doing and you you get it done. That's just how it is. So Right. So... We've kind of alluded to some of the things that you guys have going on on site there, but what what can a visitor expect? What are some of the amenities and the services and the different things to do there on the property itself? Property itself, we have a, a fun little skills course in on-site trail area, which a lot of mountain bike clinics use. Um, we host several co-ed and female-specific clinics throughout the year, along with doing like professional mountain bike instructor certification programs or like the IMBA instructor certification program. Um, And that's something that we're planning on adding on to this winter. Um, There's talk of a fun new pump track possibly starting this month. And that's just a fun thing where you can kind of do a warm up lap before you go hit the trails. Or if you're wanting to work on specific skills that it's, it's good to, to do that. We offer shuttles 
that's something that we've had to work several years with the Forest Service to obtain. So we, we cherish it, and, and so did the, the guest. It's a pleasure sometimes to not have to pedal up the mountain to get to the fun stuff. But not everybody's up for it either, but we do have a strict no shame in shuttling policy. So we <laughs> stand by that. <laughs> we will not harass you if you choose to go up the mountain <laughs> in a car. But yeah, we so we do cabins and campsites. We do quite a few events throughout the year. April, I think, will be what our third single tracks brutally pride with you guys. So that's right. Yeah, that's been a really fun event. We do a couple of those different fundraisers for the club every year. Breakfast and dinner is usually included in ninety nine percent of the reservations. If you don't book it the first time, you will the second time. <laughs> We constantly joke that people come for the trails the first time, but then they come back for the food. So, I mean, the trails are awesome, but there's just something about the whole experience of Mulberry Gap that keeps people coming back time after time. Yeah, I will uh, I will definitely agree with you there. Don't, don't mess around. Don't skip on the food. Because <laughs> as soon as you see it and smell it, you'll be regretting your decision. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, hot tubs are always a treat for people. I think most love the fact that we're so dog-friendly. Just it's, it's great to be able to bring your pooch. And the fact that we have so many living on site as well who will cuddle up with you or, or beg for food every now and then at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we have seven dogs currently and two cats and a bird. That's just our, our crew. And then wow. a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And a lot of times with guest dogs being there too, sometimes we can be, humans can be outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you guys mentioned a lot of uh, the things that you do on site and um, obviously to the people who visit, it's a blast to go up there and ride bikes and eat good food. But what are some of the challenges that, that you all face um, in running a business like this? It can't all be sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's actually <laughs> not as much sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's very tough, and it I think it consumes everyone who works there really because it is it's twenty four seven. It's every holiday, every weekend, so it's it's tough, and um, it really it takes a lot of time. Riding bikes doesn't happen much for us. Um, we make a point when we close in the winter. We we close for January and February and, and take that time to go bikepacking and do some trips like that because we don't get to ride much during the season. But, yeah, so that's it's definitely a challenge for us, but we kind of live vicariously through our guests because they're always pretty riled up, having an awesome time, riding the trails. So it's great. The the guests kind of kind of give us – we kind of live through their experience. And it really, if it weren't for having mountain bikers, I don't think Mulberry Gap would be there um, versus having a different clientele. Just because it would take all the fun out for us, us being hosts. Right. Yeah. You definitely have to like people and, and be able to take away a lot of your needs just from those interactions. Because it's, it's, it's a lot. It's tiring and it's, you know, mentally and physically exhausting to keep that place going with the staff that we can afford currently. It'll get better. It, it grows every year and it gets, you know, our problems kind of shift every year a little bit as well. But yeah, I mean, sometimes we're like, wait, what's a bike? <laughs> you, what? you pedal it? Oh, oh yeah, that thing. So Andrew and I have kind of recently, this this year in, 
in particular kind of gotten really good at off the couch bikepacking excursions that are <laughs> somewhat torturous, but it's how we can just get out there for a couple of days and kind of bring us back to what we love and, and why we keep doing what we're doing. And so, yeah, and it's in the winter closure is also a chance to just give us some time to go sp- to be with our families or go take a vacation and a break for ourselves. And that we just started this past year. So 2017 winter will be year two. And we, we enjoyed it so much in 2016, we decided we would make it an annual. (laughs) We're going to make that one stick. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's been a lot of give and take as with starting any business, especially when you're small and you've been learning the, clientele and the market as you've been going through it, you know, I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not something that we've wanted to just overnight explode. And honestly, the growth has been manageable for us. I don't know that if it were much faster that we could have kept up with it. So it's all worked out. And I have a lot of faith that in the coming three to five years, we're going to see a lot of new and exciting things come to Mulberry Gap, but that it'll, it'll keep its charm and, and, you know, the, the uniqueness of it will still be there, but that maybe it won't be so wearing and at the expense of the same people who live there and run it every day. Right. Well, as a guest, I can say that, I mean, you guys make it look like it's paradise, right? So, you know, (laughs) every time I've been up there, like everything is in great shape and, you know, fun times are had. And so, I mean, I think that hopefully that gives you guys some (laughs) comfort in knowing that, (laughs) you know, what you're doing is, is you make it look easy. And I think people, everyone who comes up really appreciates, you know, all the hard work that you guys put into it. Yeah. And I mean, our, they are, Mount Muggers are so appreciative and they're so stoked on what we're doing and they love the, the experience and just the message that's getting out there to people. Um, you know, and again, it's just kind of been evolved and, and grown by the community itself. And that's what That's why it's special to us, too, is, you know, we might be there and we keep it going every day, but it really was the influence of a lot of really good friends in the beginning and and people who had our back that were just like, we believe in you. We know that you guys can do it. And here's how here are a few suggestions where we want to help. And yeah, it it is. And it, it is fulfilling to see people so stoked on life when they're there. And, you know, people people are there on vacation. They're there to be happy. And so. They're not grumpy jerks that, you know, you have to deal with assholes all the time, basically. And if if it were that, we probably would have shut down a long time ago. But, you know, we get to deal with cool people that make us smile and make us better every day, too. So it's it's a mutual relationship there. Awesome. So we've we've talked uh, just generally that about the trails around there. But what what specifically what are the trails that are close to you guys and how far are the trails from your property? Yeah. So one of the main ones that, um, is right outside of our doors, the Penhody trail, the Georgia section is about 150 and growing. You know, they're actively adding to it mostly on the Southern end, but ours are Penhody section and bear Creek are definitely the go-tos outside of that. There's also like mountain town Creek is an iconic one. Wind gap, but yeah, the nearest one you can, be on single track in less than a quarter of a mile. That's Penhody 3. So we've kind of designated sections as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, so forth, just to make it easier to navigate. But the Penhody Trail is one of the Imba epics. And then Bear Creek has been there for a long time. That's definitely one of the favorite downhills in the area. We 
by far run the most shuttles to that one. And a lot of people just like to lap it. Um, so that one's great. Like I said, Mountain Town is um, it's kind of a rare trail, and, and most people hold it really dearly to their hearts because it's, it's really backcountry, really remote, a pretty awesome experience to go down. But those are, um, those are just a few. I mean, a lot of people from northern states will come and visit us for, you know, five to ten days, especially from Canada and New York, and they'll come down and just kind of use Mulberry as a base camp. Just because there's so many trails around us, you can be in over towards Dahlonega to Jake and Bull and ride the Penhody and Snake Creek. And you've got Tanasi that's 40 minutes north of us. Stanley Gap's about 30 minutes away. So within the area, northwest Georgia is just is just pretty full of some epic trails. For sure. I know we love the riding there. And I think um, Jeff got to ride Mountain Town for the first time during the Brutal Loop, right, in 2016? Yeah, I got to ride Mountain Town Creek for the first time uh, just last year at the Single Tracks Brutal Loop get together, and yeah, that's I mean it's it's unlike anything else I've ridden in Georgia. I think after that ride, I quickly decided that was my favorite trail in the state, and it really yeah. does have a <laughs> yeah, it really does have like a remote mountain feel, and it's just such a long, continuous downhill uh, through some pretty remote areas and it reminded me a lot of you know some rides i've done in colorado so yeah i'm stoked to get back out there and do that one again what about the the three thousand feet of elevation to get there don't tell people that (laughs) (laughs) you guys you guys have shuttles right we do have shuttles (laughs) there you go that's the brutal part of the brutal loop is getting to mountain town Right. But it it is so worth it. Yeah. That's a a really cool ride that not many people do. And if you do it, not as part of a group, you know, it's rare that you'll see anybody else out there. So yeah, definitely a a really cool trail to check out. So we said you guys, you know, obviously are very mountain bike friendly and you're dog friendly and family friendly. So if people are coming and maybe, you know, their their spouses or whoever they have with them don't ride, what else is around there for uh, for people to do? There's a lot of hiking. Um, all of the biking trails are multi-purpose, so you can hike them as well. They're also multi-directional, so that's a good thing to know. LJ has a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it's a huge outdoor town, I mean, there's so much to do just between... Whitewater sports, I mean, there's plenty of creeks and tubing and kayaking to be had. A lot of fishing between just trout fishing or um, there's also Carter's Lake, which I believe is the deepest lake in Georgia. That's really, no, I think they have bass competitions and stuff out there. LJ also has five wineries, so there's a big agro-tourism, so there's five wineries there. Lots of farms, apples are a huge part of the economy in the fall season there's a lot of you pick farms with anything from apples to all kinds of fruits and vegetables and other other things so it's it's a neat spot super small town mountain feel um and then there's the surrounding towns around that between jasper cherry log and blue ridge i mean there's you could easily spend a week there with your family and do some amazing stuff there yeah, I know my kids, uh, you know, have fun when we go up there for the day or whatever, um, just splashing around in the creeks. And um, even, I mean, you guys have like games and stuff to do like on site too. So there's foosball, foosball. So, 
Yeah, I mean, even even a rainy day, there's going to be stuff to do up at Mulberry Gap. Well, and the uh, we've become quite known for our mini bike Jenga competitions, <laughs> usually done with a beer in the hand as well. But we've got five clown bikes currently, and we have recently added a Strider bike and a unicycle to that mix. Ooh. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I mean, the Jenga is is quite a crowd pleaser, and uh, I mean, there's tons of stuff to do on site. Like you said, the games, the, the barn, which has sofas in there. Um, there's those 60 inch flat screen TVs. If you have to watch your football game, it will be on. <laughs> but there's board games and cornhole and all kinds of stuff to do there. So it's it's fun if you're just on site. There we do have a creek that runs through the property, and a lot of kids are just stoked to pull up rocks and find salamanders and explore the, the birds and the critters and all that kind of stuff. So easily to stay. If, if you like nature, you will be occupied. Yeah. I can say, um, the pro tip on the clown bikes, momentum is your friend. So <laughs> once, once you get going, you'll be all right, but getting there can be tough. I think more blood is drawn on those mini bikes than there are on the actual mountain bikes. I would probably concur with that. I think I've crashed more times inside the barn than I have <laughs> on the trails there. So, yeah, I would agree. Night, night life at Mulberry Gap is is a fun time. It's good. Awesome. So, what can we expect from the next ten years of Mulberry Gap? <sighs> we're all going to retire and we're going to live the good life and ride our bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've already got the place to stay, so... Yeah, right. (laughs) We've got a couple of exciting things going on just this winter. We're going to... Part of the main house that's attached to the check-in office area, we're going to open that into a bigger retail space. And then we're also working with our local bike shop, K Bikes. Um, And we're going to have some rental bikes on the property. So that'll be easy and and definitely much more convenient. And so we're going to have that project we're hoping to add some cabins in the in the next year for sure and as far as long-term stuff i mean you know i definitely think we want to get more involved in in doing more events and having more fun reasons to bring you know yourself or your spouse or your family out um but again like i said just keeping it keeping it unique in that that family feel where it just kind of feels like you're in a way going to grandma's house but with an epic mountain bike attached to your car and you know an adventure ahead of you but yeah i mean i think we'll get some more help and keep it you know familiar faces and and good times but hopefully the owners will be on the bike riding with you a little bit more and and kind of on the trail on a saturday and uh having a little more life balance there just for our personal needs but (laughs) As far as long-term plans, just with the property itself, beyond beyond the stuff that we talked about with the skills course, pump track, and maybe adding a few more cabins and the upgrades to a few other places, we'll, we plan to keep it pretty simple and just keep everybody happy, keep doing what we're doing, keep the food coming out of the kitchen hot and delicious, and uh, make sure everyone has a good time. Awesome. Well, like I said, it's one of our favorite places, so keep up the good work. So if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to, you know, check out where they can stay and see pictures of the place? Uh, Where should they visit? Yeah. I mean, our website's 
pretty involved. We've got pictures of all the cabins there. Um, it's just www.mulberrygap.com. Megan and I are also in the office pretty regularly. So reservations at mulberrygap.com is one of the main emails just as far as asking about any general questions. If you want to see photos of the place or check out events, our social media is pretty spot on, um, on Instagram and Facebook. And then we've also got a newsletter that you can sign up for. I don't send out more than one, one a month, so I won't get annoying, I promise. And we try to keep it full of bike-related events that you actually care about. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we're on the web and, and should be pretty easy to find. Awesome. Well, uh, like you mentioned earlier, everyone, go ahead and mark your calendars. Save the date for April 29th, 2017. That will be the Mulberry Gap and Single Tracks Brutal Loop 3.0. So, you know, be sure to come check us out and you can ride some awesome trails, including the Mountain Town Creek Descent, which is Jeff's favorite trail in Georgia now. <laughs> and you can come out and have some awesome food at the end of the day. So, Andrew and Kate, thank you for all you do and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank yeah, you, thanks Aaron. Thanks for having us. We appreciate Jeff and Aaron. Thanks so much for talking with us. Well, you're welcome. Well, that's all we have for this week and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Later. <laughs>